You're listening to Extra Time, live on LCFC Radio. Your place for all the reaction to the weekend's football. CFC Radio, we're all smiles in the studio here because it was a brilliant win for Leicester City last night. It must be something about the 25th of October because a year ago, it was a remarkable 9-0 win on the South Coast. And last night, it was a fantastic victory at the Emirates. Vardy's free in the middle. It's towards Jamie Vardy! Jamie Vardy, the scourge of Arsenal again! Yes, that Jamie Vardy goal secured the first win away at Arsenal since 1973, when this was number one. Jerry Taggart, he's, uh, he has no idea who that is. That is uh, Young Love by Donny Osmond. Yeah, so Donny Osmond and Young Love was, yeah, that was number well, one. I can't remember that song. I like Imagine that. I was only, I just turned three on the 18th of October, 1973. So I was, you know, probably a little bit too young to learn that. But that was it. That was the uh, the number one last time. TC Leicester would have definitely City. remembered that one. <laughs> last time Leicester City I won. Remember. I don't remember it, Tags. I don't remember. Uh, we'll come to you first, anyway, Tony, because you were at the game uh, a year ago on that day at Southampton, that infamous nine nil on our famous nine nil, and, and you were at the game last night after that brilliant win at Arsenal, wasn't it? It was, Dan, yeah. It was a fantastic performance and, um, you know, I really, really enjoyed it. Are we going to play this song for the whole of, like, what I'm talking through here, Dan? I can hear the song going in the background. <laughs> we can't hear it. We can't hear it anymore, Tony, just for you, yeah. that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it was, you know, you mentioned about a year ago and, uh, you know, I, I was talking about before the game about how great it was an experience to be there for that, you know, famous 9-0 victory and... Um, I've got to say it was it was as much a pleasure, you know. Obviously, a different result, different performance, but it was as much a pleasure as well. Because when you're talking about a team that hasn't won a, a certain football club for 47 years, I say that again, Dan. 47 mm. years it's such a long time, and you know it was real pleasure to be a, a part of the experience, to do the commentary, and to see a game plan come together as well as what it does. You know, managers dream about it the night before; they talk about it the night before, but when it comes round to the actual game, you think. You know what? You know, I'll be pleased if three quarters of it comes together. But in this circumstance, it was a, it was a hundred percent game plan by not just by the players, but by the manager Brendan Rodgers. It was an absolute pleasure to be there last night. Well, let's hear from Brendan Rodgers before we introduce Steve Walsh and Jerry Taggart. Let's hear from the manager who masterminded that brilliant win at the Emirates last night. This is Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, no, it was the case of I thought we started the game well. First five ten minutes with good possession, and then of course you come away to play against any top team. You're going to have to deal with pressure. That's that, that's very very important. You know, you have to be able to, to 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 work through that and play through it. And the players did that. So, and then obviously into the second half, our lines were even tighter. We were in a better start position for our pressure. And then we then enjoyed a lot more of the ball and uh, and looked a threat always. 
Was that the perfect performance from Jamie Vardy after he came on as well? He was everywhere, wanting the ball, challenging for the ball, and ultimately the man you wanted on the end of Jengiz's cross. Yeah, yeah. I thought the goal was the, the, the real moment of quality in the game. Um, incredible pass by, by Yuri, but he needs the run. And Chenga makes his run in behind, squares it, and then Jamie will always be in there to score. I could see you on the touchline. A minute before, there was a similar ball over the top to Jengiz under, and his first touch wasn't the best, but when it came to him again, were you thinking this is going to be the moment? Yeah, yeah, well, his touch was terrific. Takes a forward touch. I think when he had his first opportunity, it's just uh, it just popped out to the side, So and he was only into the game, but... Uh, but he possesses great quality. He needs to get fitter. That's the, the message for him. He knows that. He's, be, he's behind everyone else in terms of fitness, but, uh, but he has that quality. And a first win at Arsenal here or at Highbury since 1973. How proud does that make you? Very proud. And I also know it's a long time because it was the year I was born. <laughs> so it's 47 years, which is a very long time. So, uh, but I'm delighted for the supporters at home, you know, watching that. They'll be, they'll be over the moon. Pity they weren't here, but, uh, but I'm sure they'll be very proud of the team and, and I'm delighted for them. Yeah, very happy Brendan Rodgers, of course, Jerry, which is to be expected after that mm. victory. And it's very nice to hear that, wasn't it? Brendan Rodgers born, obviously, in 1973, the last time Leicester won away at Arsenal. Yeah, a, a massive result. There's there's no getting away from it. And, you know, I suppose, you know, when you look back at, you know, the game itself and, and you know, I think you were saying that, you know, there was a bit, there was a bit of uh, negativity on social media at halftime and mm -hmm. stuff like that there. But I just thought the way he went about it, you can't win every game of football playing fantastic football. And, you know, uh, and last night showed how you properly grind out a result and you stick together as a team. You, you, you carry out the manager's wishes on uh, from the training ground onto the pitch. And then to have Jimmy Vardy to come off the bench, and you know, while she was saying it in there, you know, he, he just makes that difference. He's just a different. He he just knows that role so well, Jimmy. And when he comes on, you can just see the difference the lift it gives the players. Uh, and you know, I said it after the game last night. Was anyone really surprised that Jimmy Vardy scored the winner last night? After what we'd seen, the answer to that is absolutely not. Uh, so you know, full credit to Brendan, full credit to the players. And, you know, 47 years is half a lifetime, if you're lucky, you know. Uh, so that is a, a long, long time not to get three points or get a win at a place like Arsenal. So that just makes it that even more, you know, it makes it even bigger than what it would be anyway winning a game there. It's massive. It's a massive win. If you're watching along on Facebook or, or Twitter, in fact, do get involved with the show here. That's exactly what uh, Simon Walsh has done. He said, good win, Blues. Harvey Sardra says, 47 years, get in. And Russell says, again, the Vardy machine runs on. Another ghost laid. No win there since 1973. It would be this team. And that underlines it, doesn't it, Walsh? This team has, has broken so many records recently and, and we've seen so many good results over the past couple of seasons, really over the past decade, if you like. And... And that has to be another one due to the fact that it has been so long since Leicester won at Arsenal. Yeah, I've always thought in my time I'd, I never got a result at Arsenal. And, it's, and, it's pretty, and I've never looked at the stats any, mm. or anything and didn't realise that it goes back to 1973. Incredible. And like you say, it's a, it's a milestone that we've hit and we seem to be hitting a lot. But the main thing for me is that it consolidates that good start to the season. Um, 
the way that the game plan, as Tony said uh, from the start, the game plan was important. And um, I looked closely at when we'd not got the ball and you could see 5-4-1 um, system and it, it was rigid, it was uh, disciplined. And every time there was one player out of place from where he should have been at the right time, they lose the ball, everyone was behind the ball and the back in, and they started defending from the front, which was important. Obviously, Harvey, Harvey started up front. Um, he, he quickly acknowledged that he needed to change it, um, changed it with Madison, but who, who better who do we know who's going to win that game? I felt that the longer the game went on, there was only going to be one winner, and it turned out right, you know, and... Uh, it's uh, it's your man Vardy who uh, you know people have got to look at him who, who train with him and, and watch a video of him now and with the runs that he makes to get in behind people and how he does it now he's so clever he's learnt a lot he's got more experience from um, from all the games that he's had and he, he just has a, a way and he knows where to be at the right time. I don't know if anybody else would have probably you know the way he makes that made that run and just got in there he knew he knew where he needed to be and he always does. And uh, that's why he scores so many goals. And that the, it's it's something that's not born. You know, you're not. He, he's born with it. It's a natural thing with him. But he's learned where to go over the years. And um, to me, that performance was one of one of the best in a sense of um, a lot of people might question that because it wasn't the attacking football style that we need. It, it was a and it, and it wasn't defensive. It, although we we defended very well. And like I said, it was from the front. But. You know, when we broke, we are a dangerous team. West Ham did it to us in a sense um, the other week. They played a similar way in a fashion, uh, played deep and uh, played five, you know, and and played a four in front, I think. And they were they, they were very dangerous. A lot of teams are using that system at the moment and getting a lot of joy from it. And um, it, it was it was great to see that Arsenal were limited to uh, how many shots did they There wasn't many chances that they had and that's for an Arsenal you know they went for it 4-3-3 and um, they were just null and void to be honest and we made them um, we made them pay We've had a nice question in from Neil Grant Walsh. He says, "Was Walsh in that 1973 team?" The last beat Arsenal. <laughs> cheers. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was 10 years old. I think 11 years old was I, or whatever. But uh, but no, I wish I wish I was. <laughs> um, Tony obviously, as 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 Walsh was referencing there, he, he talked about the formation and, and the way that Leicester executed the game planning. Could you see it happening really before your very own eyes at the Emirates last night, or, or were you surprised how well it did work? Um, no, I, I think there was a, a couple of sort of key moments really for me down in that first half. I think the first one was the, the disallowed goal that, that Arsenal scored. You know, I've watched it back, Lacazette, and, you know, other referees, other uh, assistant referees at Stockley Park might well have given that goal, you know. So I, I think, you know, if that goal goes in, it changes the game plan. It was very, very early in the game. It was probably about four or five minutes, if I remember correctly. So. That was one key moment, and I think I think the second key moment for me in that first half was getting to half time at nil nil. You know, I was watching the game, and you know, I agree with what Walshie was saying, very well organised and everything. But Leicester were getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Albeit they had everything pretty much sort of in front of them with that bank of five and the bank of four. The problem was it was going up to Harvey, who's not a centre forward. He's a very very good young player, but he's not a centre forward. He couldn't really get in behind them and stretch the defence. And, and that was the key for me, getting to half-time at nil-nil. And once Leicester had done that, I did feel that coming out for the second half, that they would get more possession and they will get more chances as the game would, goes on. And I did say they will get one 
you know, top chance where they've got to take it. And of course, with Jamie Vardy on the field, that was never in doubt once the cross came into him. So a couple of key moments in that first half. But, you know, I mentioned about the game plan when you first came to me, Dan, and that game plan, the, the way they executed it, the players and the manager was, was excellent last night. It really was. Yeah, we'll talk about Jamie Vardy a little bit later on uh, during extra time. But that w- must have been part of the game plan, Jerry, was, was stay rigid, stay <laughs> solid, stay in the game until you knew you could bring Jamie Vardy on, which is exactly what Tony was saying there. And, and once he came on, Leicester did change the way they played. They became more adventurous, didn't they? <clears throat> well, I think he, that's the lift that he gives you when he comes on the pitch or when he's on the pitch is you know exactly what he's going to give to the team. I, you know, the lads have spoken about it, the runs he makes, the way he stretches the game in, beh- in behind. So you can get your head up and look for them long, longer passes. And, and, you know, a bit of credit to Under as well for his run. He makes a great run for that, you know, to get on the end of that ball. Well, he, he made a run, you know, it was just, it was in uh, Brendan's post-match interview there where he's, he's made a run a couple of minutes before, but his touches let him down. Uh, and then he's made exactly the same run, and this time he gets in and puts it across. So a bit of credit to Underfair also making that run to stretch the, the Arsenal defence. If you actually look at the Arsenal centre-halves, they're all over the place. They're ball-watching. Uh, Under comes in, fr- in from the right-hand side and then runs in between the full-back and the centre-half, and they're, they're, they're both leaving it to each other to pick his run up and he's burning through. The other centre-half doesn't know whether to stick or twist, whether to stay with Vardy, come across and shut under down. So it's a great bit of play from all three of them. And the, and the other thing is, Brendan knows that the fitness levels in this team are fantastic, and they can go <coughs> the full 95 minutes. Mm. And that is also a telling factor. Uh, we've seen it umpteen times last season. We've seen it this season. We've seen it at the Etihad Stadium where... Man City were out in their feet at the end of the game. They just run all over the top one. And again, last night, I'm not saying that happened last night, but what the fitness levels that this team have definitely took charge in the last 20, 25 minutes uh, for sure. And that also enabled the Alexis Tillemans to, you know, to get that space and room, to get his head up, to play that pass in the under. So you know, you've got to think about all the different aspects of... The team, the, the the mentality of the lads on the pitch, the tactics of the manager, and then the, you know the times of the substitutions because all, they all played their part. Carl Jones on Facebook <coughs> wants to give credit to Yuri Tielemans. He says the pass to under was incredible. Walshie, do you agree with a, that? He had a good game, did Tielemans. Mendy as well. The, mm. the work rate in and and again, like I said before, I, I looked at the positionals and, and Tielemans. When he can sit a little bit deeper, I think he's a better player at the moment because he's picking that pass now from a deeper position. Now, and he's also doing a job for the team when we've not got the ball, which when he first came, there was question marks about that. Now, he had a great game. He's got great vision and um, he, he just, you know, he got booked and maybe the, another challenge, he, he could have been another booking, but he, he got away with it. But he played, he, he were, you know, one of the uh, standouts for Fauna himself. Um, you know, I looked at looked at him closely uh, but them two Mendy and Tielemans I thought they played a crucial part in that holding midfield role really and uh, like you say that the pass through was great and, um, and and I always felt that we were going to get that goal and, um, and and it was to him really that you've got to credit a lot of the uh, a lot for and um, you know to me like we said it was just that workmanship 
performance, that fitness. I think Jerry's right with the substitutions. I think they were spot on the timing for, for me. You know, Vardy bang on 60 minutes. Albrighton was a key as well because Madison were just starting to, you know, he wasn't tired, but he, he was, it was just that we knew with eight minutes to go, whatever there was left, that Albrighton will defend and, and Andy will get forward, you know, and Madison's obviously, Albrighton's got that better uh, knowledge of seeing the game through mm. and uh, and I think it worked really well with them substitutions. Yeah, Under obviously played a huge role, didn't he, Tony, in the, the Jamie Vardy goal and we've spoken about the pass from Tielemans and then the... Was it unselfishness, do you think, Tony, to, to square it to Jamie Vardy or was that always the right option in, in that position? Depends who the player is, Dan. I know what I would have been doing. I would have been shooting. <laughs> 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 but, uh, no, I, I think what I mean, I think if it had been Jamie Vardy in that position... I, I, you know, I don't know. Having said that, I've seen Jamie square passes as well for Leicester. Mm. You know, he he can be an unselfish player at times. In general, strikers, you are selfish. You get in that position, you think I'm going to get a goal here. I want to score a goal, and you you normally have a shot at the goal. Um, but you know what I, I liked about Under was was the one before where it, there was a great ball played over the mm. top. I think it might have been Madison who played it, and his touch just let him down a little bit. Brendan Rodgers spoke about it, and. You know, I think to be fair to him, he'd only been on the field to play probably two or three minutes and a better touch, he'd have been in on goal and perhaps he would have had a, a 1v1 on the goalkeeper. In the end, he was false wide and nothing came of it. But then when he made that run, and and, and again, the, the good thing about the run, I know the, the ball from Tielemans was fantastic, but it's, it's a great example for, for youngsters that you don't always, if you're trying to get the ball over the top, you don't always have to straight away run over the top. Sometimes you come towards the ball only two or three yards and the, the defender normally will come with you as Gabriel did and then if you turn and spin and you're quick enough you then get in behind which is what he did it was a fantastic bit of movement and then once the ball was played over the top wonderful ball from Tielemans and I, I was right level with it I was I was right on the 18 yard box and, and I could see quite clearly I think you hear me on the commentary going goal because as soon as he crosses the ball you see Jamie Vardy's totally unmarked in the middle it was wonderful vision and it was also a really good cross because I think sometimes that, you know, that half volley cross, you know, I look at some players trying to do that technique nowadays, you know, and you, you watch them and they, they'll scuff it or it'll go miles over the player's head or whatever. But the, the, the cross was absolutely do you think fantastic. He meant, do you think he meant to cross it like uh, as he did like that or, or slide it in? I think he did Do you? I, I, I I'm not sure. But I'll tell you what, if, imagine if he'd have shot and Vardy was there because clearly he had to pull that back for me. I, I think if he hadn't have done that, you know, I'd have, you'd have gone mental, wouldn't <laughs> you? you? You've got a tap in, really. It could have been on the floor. It came to him nicely, and you can't miss. It was it was one of those. But Vardy would have gone mental if it if it had shot and missed. It would have been, uh, you know, fireworks. Um, all, all I can say is from the the angle that I was at, I was right level with the 18 yard box. So when he actually crossed it, I think he might have been just inside the box when he crossed it. So I'm pretty much right behind it, and you you look at him and he looks up. And then he puts the cross in, and like I said, it was fantastic technique because the cross was perfect for a nice sort of stooping header, wasn't it, for, for Jamie Vardy? But I, I like to think he meant it. But it was just, it was just. I, I do. Really I just, I just looked at it a few times, and I thought he. Uh... He didn't mean to really put it to his head. It, I think he tried to slide in, but listen, it, it doesn't matter. You, you know, I'm, I'm going off. You're, you're at the ground tone, so we, you know, I, I obviously uh, take that. Well, and, another uh, thing you have to add to it, it was, it was his weak of foot as well, yeah, Jerry. I think you know, going yeah. back to what Tony was saying before, if Under <laughs> had been a predominantly right-footed player, he might have took that chance. 
He's also what Tony's saying is because the first touch let him down before, he thought, yeah. I've got to get my first touch right mm. and then then make the cross. And if I see Jamie, I'm going to give it to him because I've only just come on. I'm still a little bit cold as regards touches on the ball. He caused problems, so, did yeah, under, he didn't did. he? And, and like, like I said, tactically, it's great. You look on a bench, you had Vardy, I know we had Vardy, which we all knew. But Under was surprising. That, you know, cause we're gonna, Hopefully, he's going to be a great player. I've got to see a lot more of him yet. Mm. Uh, but he was sharpish. He caused problems. And, uh, and that's what you want, to come off the bench at that stage in a game and, and just turn the game for us so that we won the game. Barry Mutton on Facebook says, the new players are certainly linking together with existing players. Obviously... Under being a, a new player, Jerry, yeah. and he almost Tielemans and, and Under in that position was like they've played together for a couple of years, wasn't it? The way that he peeled off, as Tony said, and, I, and I think you know a lot of work goes into re- player recruitment, and I think you know you know Brendan will obviously have certain you know boxes that he'll need ticking uh, before players come in, and 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 one of the things I suppose that he might be looking for is. Players with pace, number one, and, and what do they like to do when receiving the ball? Do they want to stretch the game in behind? And that's exactly what we're seeing from Under in quick succession. And that's what led to the goal. So that proves to me that Under is a clever footballer. Uh, if, you know, if you're <coughs> going to be critical of, of other players, and you say that probably Kelechi and Nacho wants to come too deep at times instead of uh, stretching the game in behind, is that the reason why... Brendan bought Under on and didn't bring Kelechi on. <clears throat> because Under wants to stretch the game. And that's what Brendan wants from his players, his forward players. And that's exactly what he got from Under last night for for the goal. So that'll all go into, you know, that's that will all come out of the mind of Brendan Rodgers and the recruitment team when they're going looking at these players, who they want to, to sign. What does he do when we're on the ball? Because what I need is a player that wants to stretch the game in behind and put the defensive team under pressure, and that's exactly what we get. But yeah, it's clever football. It takes time to gel. We all know that, and get, you know, and build uh, partnerships up on the pitch. But you wouldn't have known that last night with Tielemans the under for sure. Well, let's hear now from the man that played the pass through. This is Yuri Tielemans catching up with LCFC radio commentator James Fielden after that remarkable win. Yuri, that's Leicester's first win at Arsenal since 1973. How is the dressing room right now? Yes, apparently I, I heard it right uh, right before, but yeah, um, we are we are absolutely absolutely buzzing from that win. I think it was a very important one. We came from two back-to-back defeats uh, in Premier League, so it was really important to uh, to have a result today. Um, and yeah, win at Arsenal is always tough, always uh, good for us. So yeah, we are really happy. Is it a game that needed a lot of patience? Arsenal had a lot of possession in the first half, a number of corners. You know, they had the goal ruled out as well. Was it always going to be a case of maybe when you get that chance yourselves to take it? Yes, we knew that uh, tonight we had to be patient, especially that first half with them being on the ball and uh, trying to break through uh, through our lines and, and in behind. So we had to keep our lines narrow and really tight and try to, to break on the counter. And that's what we did. That's how the goal came from. And we are really happy with the result. And he's only missed a couple of matches, but to have Jamie Vardy back, you know, a man who scored so many goals against Arsenal over the years as well, you know, it must be a really big boost for the side, especially with more games to come in the next few weeks. Yes, it is really good for us. Uh, we were a bit unsure if he was going to play or not, but at the end he played, he came on, he did great. He worked for the team really hard and then he was at a good uh, place at a good moment. So 
he scored that goal and yeah, we won 1-0. We kept a clean sheet at the back, which is really important for the future. And now we have to, to move on and, and go again. Looking forward to some sun in Athens later this week. <laughs> Hopefully a win. <laughs> Good luck. More win than a sun. <laughs> Yuri Tiedemann's there speaking to James Fielden after the game. We'll talk about that AEK Athens game on Thursday as well, just a little bit later. But before we do that, we've got to introduce our Who's the Fox <clears throat> question for this evening. So there's a little picture that we'll put on your screen. And you've got to guess who it is. Walsh, don't shout it out if you know who it is. We'll let uh, those of you at home, if you're playing along, have a couple of guesses as well in the comments section. We'll... Uh, We'll be able to see who it is a little bit later on. Have you got an idea who it might be, Jerry? Is it a current fox? Maybe. It could be an X-Fox. Can it be an X-Fox or a yes, current fox? Yes, an X-Fox or a current fox. Right. Um, so Jerry's having a little think. Well, she got it wrong, I'm afraid, last week, didn't you? You might get this one right but a bit later on, but we'll, we'll come to that uh, later on. So if you are at home uh, and, and watching along, do have a guess who you think that one could be. Uh, there's a lot of love, Tony, for... Um, Wesley Fafana and, and his performances already in a Leicester City shirt. You actually saw him again in the flesh yesterday. How impressed were you with him? Yeah, very impressed, yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> perhaps I should have given him the man of the match. I, I think he was outstanding. In my opinion, I gave it to Christian Fuchs, but mainly because it was uh, an unfamiliar role for him to play that left-sided centre-half. Mm -hmm. He's you know, mainly a left-back. They put him in there. He's not had much football this year. And I just thought he did everything right, which is why I gave him the man of the match. But, you know, I, I mentioned all three centre-halves. And, you know, we've spoken about the midfielders, the, the two centre-midfield boys who've done well. Um, you know, the two wing-backs defended well as well. But I think all three centre-halves, Johnny Evans, is for me, is just Mr. Consistency. You just you might as well put an 8 out of 10 next to him before he's even started the game because you know what you're going to get with Johnny. But with this young boy, you know, he's, he's coming to the team. He's, he's only played, what is it, three games now, whatever it is. And, you know, he, he doesn't look out of place. Um, he wasn't scared. Um, he wasn't nervous as well. You know, sometimes you get a 19-year-old boy, comes into a team, um, playing a, a famous football ground against a famous football club, and you can get a bit nervous. But there was none of that at all right from the start. You know, he was confident. Um, you know, not afraid to play the ball into the midfield, not afraid to turn away from things, play the ball to the side or even go back to the goalkeeper. And, and defensively, he reads the game really, really well. He's not the finished article yet, you know. And we've, we've said this before, the boys, you know, and you know, there's, there's two fantastic centre-halves sitting in the, in, the, in the studio there who talk much more about defending than ever good. But, you know, it's, it's really, really important that we, we get behind the lad and just <clears> give him the praise when, it, when it's needed. But I, I, I think sometimes you can have young lads come into a team, you get half a dozen good games out of them, and then they have a little bit of a dip in form purely because of their age, not because of their talent or anything else. That might well happen. And, and you know, Brendan's an experienced manager now. He might have to do that, but he's got players. You know, he's got Wes Morgan there as backup. He's got Soyuncu to come back. You know, he has got options and he can pick and choose what games to play the lad in. You can't. You can't expect the lad to play every single game now between mm. now and the end of the season. I don't think we would expect that. But the early signs, without <clears> getting too carried away, he's been outstanding so far. He put a really nice couple of pictures up on Twitter. It is worth having a look. So he's uh, at Wesley underscore Fafana with two A's. Uh, he's put a how it started versus how it's going, which is a bit of a Twitter trend at the moment. Uh, it's a picture of him uh, with Aubameyang when Aubameyang was at St. Etienne. He's a very um, young in, in the first picture. Fafana, obviously, with 
one of his players, one of his, his heroes, clearly, and then he put a picture of him defending against him at the Emirates <laughs> last night. So uh, how it started, how it's going, he says, very proud of the road travelled. Um, and clearly, Jerry, as as Tony said, he's he's incredibly young, but you look at him and you wouldn't think that he is, judging from his performances, judging from the fact he's only played 30-odd senior games. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with Tony. You know, without getting carried away, you know, we sit here and talk about all the good stuff for a long, long time. Uh and last night was another performance where you're looking at him and going, how's this guy 19? He's playing well beyond his years. I mean, there was a, there was a, I think there was a, a ball that came to the edge of the box and he was uh, probably on the penalty spot, in the round <coughs> of penalty spot, and the ball dropped the one of the Arsenal forwards. I can't remember who it was, but he's taken the responsibility straight away to go out uh, and engage with that Arsenal forward, and he gets a massive block on it. You know, it's a free shot for the Arsenal forward. You see defenders invariably, especially in the modern game, no one wants to, you know, commit themselves to to release themselves out of their position and go and get that block on them. But he does it without even thinking about it. And the shot comes in, he gets a big block. Yes, it goes away for a corner. It might even have been the one that led to the disallowed goal. I can't remember, but just to have that awareness defensive awareness to say, right, I need to get out there ASAP and get a block on this. For a 19-year-old, I mean, it's, it's quite amazing. And that's just one bit, I think, his all-round game where he closes the ball down. I spoke about it before. For me, being a good defender and doing the right things is knowing when to close down, knowing when to go, go in for challenges, knowing, making sure that your positional start points are, are spot on in regards to where you're playing and who you're playing with. Uh, <clears throat> and making sure that when you're going in for challenges, you're making it, you know, you're doing it because you've made the right decision. <clears throat> yes, he did get booked where he did make the wrong decision. I think it was on Eddie and Keria, mm. I think it was. But that, they're the type of things he'll learn. And it was halfway up the pitch, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, if that's in and around <laughs> the box, then it does matter. But, but it, because it's on the halfway line, it doesn't matter. So he will learn from that. But he it's he all worried me game. once, you know, yeah. and I'll tell you when it, we were 1-0 up and he made a driving run with yes. the ball at, right down that right wing. Yeah. And, and I, I think he lost possession in the end. But, you know, when you're 1-0 up, you, you've got to, you, you wouldn't really do that, would you? But, he, he, you know, he's got the confidence you, to go and do that. That's not a bad thing. Um, I'm just going to say, I remember, I remember the point you make. And what he did was he's made this run and then he stopped. Yeah, he more or less came back on himself. And, and he? he just sort of jogged. And, and in those positions... If you're a centre half, if you're going to make that long busting run, and then he, I think he passed it, and then we give it away, you've got to make yeah. sure you're back in position ASAP. It doesn't matter how tired you are. If you can't make that run forward, or if you can't make the run back, don't make the run forward. So there's a little point I would be picking up and say, Wesley, mm. great run. You, yeah. you took the pressure off the back four, brilliant. But as soon as you pass that ball and you're out of the game, you get back ASAP. You've got to sprint back on position because you you never know how the game can change, yeah. especially against a team like Arsenal 
who can who, break quickly. Who, who can break quickly. Classy footballer, though, Jerry. Yeah. I, you know, I look at him and he's very comfortable on the ball. He likes to play and he's good at, you know, it's like, we've got to be careful what we say. We don't want to over, overdo this and, uh, but, and, and put a lot more pressure on him. But I, I feel that this lad could go, you know, right, right, right to the top. Well, that's... Of, uh, and potentially, potentially yeah. he's, got, he's got everything in, yeah. in the let's bag. Give him, he's going to make some mistakes on the way and we're going to have to accept that. But uh, it's a terrific start for him. Yep, fingers crossed it does go that way. But as you said, Walsh, it's been a, a brilliant start for Wesley Fafana. Uh, let's do the first of our trivias for the evening. So the extra time teasers. Mm. Uh, Steve Walsh <laughs> is defending his crown from last oh, week. Does that mean I have to go first then? Well, you can pick Why? which pot you want. Pot one, pot two or pot three. I'll, I'll go for uh, two this time. Number two this time, yeah. Took a bit of thinking, but you got yeah. for two. Jerry, uh, one or three? Uh, I'll go three. Three. TC, you're left with number one. Uh, go on then, Walshie. You can go first. So the first well, question... I didn't really want to go first, but I will. Uh, uh, in uh, pot two is... Oh, you, you wait, go wait I'm going to go Ian Hatchel. <laughs> not, well, he's not, not asking a question yet. Question oh, yet. oh, I thought we were doing the... Oh, no. No, sorry. No. Sorry, lads. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was thought we were doing the other thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic... Oh, oh, I thought we were doing that. Classic. Oh, well, no, no. No. Oh, dear. He's ask you a question. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, yes. okay. yeah, I forgot okay. the format. I just forgot the format. That's all. Okay. <laughs> well done. Uh, well, I'll tell you, Kelechi Inacho is not the answer to this question. Uh, okay. Who scored the first ever Premier League hat trick in 1992? 1992? Yeah. Oh, I'll go. TC on Alan Shearer. <laughs> Cheers. Nope. Uh, that swings around to you, Jerry. You got a chance to steal it. First Premier League country. I haven't got a clue, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, Mark Hughes. Mm. Not a clue. Chance to steal, Tony? Tony on the list. Um, I, I read this the other day and I can't oh. remember. Oh. He's going to get it. He'll, he'll come to him. Yeah, I know. He's got he time. He's got 10 keep, seconds keep left. Keep talking to him. Keep talking <laughs> to him. Come on then. I'm not going to get it. Um, uh, Tony Yaboa. I don't know. Eric Cantona. Ooh. So it, it was, was a Leeds, really? it was a Leeds player, but it was Eric Cantona during his time there. Yeah. A Leeds player? He wasn't a Leeds player in the Premier League. Cantona. You said the first Premier League. In the Premier yeah, League. First Premier League he, he, in 1992. No, he played for Leeds in the old first division. He played for Man U. He's, I'll tell you what, whether it was for United or Leeds, he's got the first Premier right, League hat-trick okay. in 1992. Um, yeah, Jerry, your question one is which yeah. player, it's another hat-tricks one, which player in Premier League history has scored the most hat-tricks? It's got to be Alan Shearer. Oh, come on, Alan. Ooh. Tony? Ooh. Um, uh, Aguero. Correct. Sergio Aguero very recently took over from Alan Shearer as the uh, the most hat tricks in the Premier League. Uh, so that's a tick for Tony. And then Why Jerry... can you not give us some defensive ones? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, we never will, Tony. Finally, Tony, your question one is how many hat tricks, another hat trick one, have been scored in the Premier League already this season? Oh, wow. Oh, um. Don't get it. No one. Can we not have an oh, earless? I'm going to go four. Um. I'll go three. Mm. Five, then, is it? 
Jerry, just... Well, I've got to go five. Mm. Oh! No, it's six. <laughs> six? It's six. Wow. So, already in, yeah, six games each. Hyungmin uh, Son, Ollie Watkins, Mohamed Salah, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Jamie Vardy, and then Patrick Bamford on yeah. Friday evening. Yeah. Six Close. Premier League hat-tricks already in the Premier League this season. So only one point between the three of you uh, to start the trivia off. Hopefully it goes a little bit better. Uh, and Kelechi Inacho is not an answer to uh, any of the, uh, the questions. Well, you know, you know where it's going. This evening. Uh, there, was, there was a little reason why I went um, hat-trick crazy for those first three questions, Tony. That's because a, a year ago uh, yesterday, as we've referenced, Leicester City beat Southampton 9-0 on the South Coast. There were two hat-tricks that evening for Jamie Vardy and Jose Perez. You were there, uh, and it was a, an unbelievable evening, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a fantastic evening, and uh, I, I enjoyed last night, and it was a historic evening, but I, I said it was for different reasons in terms of the performance and that, but if you go back a, a, a year to that night, exactly the exactly the same date as well, Dan, believe it or not, wasn't it? So, you know, and it was pouring down a rain, and, uh, and I didn't know what to expect. My first ever commentary for, for the club as well, and... You know, for it to be nine nil was just an amazing, amazing performance, and it was real one of those. I was there, and uh, you know, I think that's the probably the sad thing about the the result last night is that mm. the fans can't say that I was there. I, mm. I, I'm sure there's plenty of fans out there, Leicester fans, who who will be watching this and saying, you know what, I've been going for the last 47 years, and I remember this game and that game, and where we, you know, we nearly won or whatever, or got a draw. You know, but they, they wasn't allowed to be at the game, and I, I think I think that's that's the sad fact about last night. But going back to to a year ago, that was you know just one incredible performance, and I, I was just proud to. I think we we was all shell shocked. You was there, Dan, mm. weren't you, with me? And we yeah. was you know we just shell shocked after the game, where you're looking at each other, thinking, wow, did that really end nine? What what a baptism just... of fire, TC, for you? Like you know your first game, like you say, there was there was fans there. Okay, it was raining, it was blustery, but you know. That that in itself will live long in the memory because obviously oh, since then. Absolutely, yeah. My, my biggest problem was I was running out of room on my bit of paper to write the scores down. Like, <laughs> but I mean, every every goal was you know it, it was just brilliant. Really, there was there wasn't any real fluke about you know no. any of them. I can't remember, but uh, you know it was. There uh, were some good goals. Fantastic yeah. goals yeah. and uh, everything goals. connected that night. Perez had his best game for us, um, and and it was great to see the two hat tricks in a game. But the Madison free kick, great oh, free absolutely. kick, and that was to yeah. to help get. Obviously, they're all helped to get the record, didn't they? But it looked when it was seven nil as if that was going to be it. Really, Tony, there'd not been a goal for what 15, 20 minutes in the game, and and it looked as yeah. if it might finish just seven nil. And then James Madison stepped up and scored that free kick, which then left a couple of minutes to go and, and get the ninth. So it was an important goal itself from, from James Madison and, and it was a brilliant free kick as well. Yeah, it was a fantastic free kick and, you know, to, to equal the record. But, you know, I, I think it's, in my opinion, I think it's it's a better performance than Manchester United's 9-0 against Ipswich. You know, that particular game was at Old Trafford. It's a home game. They was playing against an Ipswich side. I think I'm right in saying got relegated that season. But if you if you look at, you know, as an away team, I can't see that ever being beaten yeah. again. You, no. you, an away game, you can't see it happening again. As an away team, to go to a Premier League club and score nine goals, I know they had a man sent off, but you know how many times have we seen that where a man gets sent off, a team 
you know, I touched on it last night. I think there was five new up at half time, and then you go in at half time and you sit down and you all get a little bit relaxed and you think, <laughs> oh, do you know what? We'll go out and we'll maybe get one in the second half. And then on the other hand, you've got Southampton who are going to come out and at least give it a go and they might get one or two consolation goals where you switch off a little bit. But it was, it was the performance was so ruthless. It really <laughs> was a ruthless performance. You know, to, to keep going and going and going. And, and once that ninth goal went in, that was that was a, a trigger moment because it equaled the Premier League record. But as I say, it's a much better achievement because it was done away from home. I've got another, I've got another quick uh, record that was broken. Uh, it's the first time that uh, Leicester have won the first three away games um, in the Premier League, so I believe. Yep. Absolutely. Am I yes, right there? Was... Correct. And, Correct. Uh, and of course, yeah. it was Brendan's 300. That's not the question, though, Walsh. No, I know it's not. <laughs> but uh, I, just, I just, you know, it's record broken. I was just thinking, yeah, at least I got it right. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, it was, yeah, the, the first time Leicester have ever won their first three away games in, in a league season. So well done, Walsh, for that. Um, it's Europa League, though, Jerry, on, on Thursday, of course. It was a good start against yep. Zoya, a very good start against Zoya. Three points in the first game. But a first away trip now uh, in Europe for the Foxes for the first time in a, in a couple of years. And again, different, obviously, with the, the fan factor. Is, we, we've spoken about that already. So I think there's going to be some fans in there allowed in. Yeah, there's going to be some, apparently. Not, not many. Athens fans. I think yeah. there's only home fans allowed in. Have you ever been there, you, you lads? Or Yeah. Oh, we went yeah. pre-season. Remember didn't that? You? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That was intimidating. Yeah. I'm going to say, <laughs> Red I mean, move. we're going to say that like intimidating place to mm. go. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, there's not going to be that many, if any. So that, that that helps Leicester. I think so. Sense. Yeah, I think you know, it, it's not easy playing abroad. They're obviously a team that Leicester won't know that much about. So they're they're the sort of hurdles you've got to get over straight away, or but even before you go out onto the pitch. I don't think they'll go there full of confidence, obviously. Uh, but we've had a shadow of doubt after the last two results, uh, and obviously, well, one in the league and one in the Europa League. So there's nothing to fear going there but again you know you've got to say that it's, it's, it won't be an easy place and these are the these are the games we talked about it last week that even a point for me away from home in these games is is massive yeah uh, they got beat didn't they but Braga they got beat Braga so it's a big game it's another game where he might have to go and play that style of football for the first 15 20 I think he will home. do tanks yeah. wouldn't he I that type of it's an away game. You you go to it and you look at it and you think we've we've had the results when you think you know go go out there and get a point. But you know if they play like they did, you know it all depends with these Europa League games, the midweek games. It all depends on who's fit, who's yeah. who's ready to play, what the manager wants to do. You've got you know there's a really important game coming up, isn't there, against Leeds on mm -hmm. Monday night. So yeah. you've got to factor in all those things and come up with the right formation and the right players. To play in the game, you know, does Jamie Vardy need to play a little bit just to get a little bit of sharpness ready for Monday? I don't know. But then you're then taking the player travelling four hours to Greece and four hours back. So it'll be really interesting to see what team uh, Brendan goes for. Do you think Jamie Vardy will be involved? I'd wrap him up. I'd, mm. I'd wrap him up at the minute in cotton wool. I think so. I would. Uh, yeah. But but obviously, Jamie will know. He'll know himself personally if he can do it. You know, he's had a bit of a niggle that he's, he's, he seems to have had this over a couple of years. So, you know, he gave himself the extra uh, game, didn't he? So maybe he's fine now. And everybody certainly looks it, doesn't he? But uh, I, I personally, um, you know, I can't That's see him not. I can't see why he wouldn't go with Ian Nacho Barnes. 
think uh, that he went with against uh, Zaya because that mm. worked a treat. Them t- I t- thought them two worked really well. And so that may, may well be an issue. I think Leeds is another <laughs> massive game. Leeds have, I'm not saying they've surprised everybody, but, you know, they're not a team that teams are going to take lightly in this in the Premier League anymore. You know, they've really hit the ground running Leeds. And so that Thanks, then becomes... What, uh, Thanks, sorry to interrupt. You know what would be an interesting point? Because you've mentioned it a couple of times about the fitness of Leicester. Mm-hmm. And it'll be really interesting to see on Monday about the fitness side of Yeah, things. absolutely. Yeah. Everyone goes on Bielsa and how fit Leeds are. <clears throat> it'll be really, really interesting. Yeah. Forget the football side of it, but the, the fitness and who's who's flagging in the last five or ten minutes, whether yeah. that's Leeds or Leicester. That'd be really interesting. The, the tactics as well you look at. It's, it's a real tactical battle now. You know, this Bielsa, he's, he's clever in, in a lot of senses, you know. So, and Brendan, you know, I think tactically he's been, you know, that, that game as, as you see, you know. So, against Man City, uh, until, you know, they scored first and he kept to the, his, his game plan. So, it, it really is a, a, a tactical battle for a lot of managers this season and some are being found out through it. It helps Leicester, obviously, that it is the Monday, though, Walsh. So they've got. Of course, the it extra does. It gives day. them that extra day. And I was just going to say that. So obviously, he's, you know, the good thing is Brendan. He, he wants to win these games, and uh, and so does everyone else. And you know, we we want to have a good run in this uh, Europa League. And uh, there's an opportunity, a window open. You've had a great start to the season. You can go and win this group quite easily. Absolutely. Uh, right, Jamie Vardy, Tony Cotty, is a former forward uh, at Leicester City yourself. To, you're the best person, I think, now to talk about Jamie Vardy and. I mean, how good is he? Of, of his 108 Premier League goals, 26 of them, so just under a quarter, have come against Arsenal, Man City and Liverpool combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, does that I underline think just how That's an important been? stat, Dan, yeah, because, you know, like he's not, he's not the type of player who's getting the fourth or fifth goal in a, in a home win against, uh, with the greatest respect, you know, one of the teams down the bottom of, of the Premier League. He's scoring against the top teams, um, you know, I, I think Brendan described him. I think I'm sure I read this morning as a world-class striker, and you know, I, I would go along with that. You know, how do you descri- how do you define a world-class striker? For me, a world-class striker, it, it, you know, it's not necessarily someone who's on the international stage and playing in world football. You know, you can be playing for your club, and it's the importance you are to your club. You know, uh, you know, Harry Kane's another one who springs to mind. Somebody who's so important to a particular football club. You know, there's, there's other players I could mention as well, but let's talk about Jamie. You know, he, he's been fantastic since he arrived at the club. And I think you, you saw the difference when he came on last night, you know, and, you know, Harvey done a great job. He was, he'd done his real best up there, but he, he, he didn't turn the Arsenal defence around once. He, di- he didn't, he didn't have the understanding to do it. I'm, I'm not being too critical. It's just, it's not his position. He wouldn't know how to do that. You know, but Jamie is a, is an experienced centre forward who, who knows the role. He understands how to play that lone centre forward role, and what he does, he gets in behind the defence. And sometimes he, he he's making the runs, and he he's he's, he, he's not going to get the ball. Sometimes, you know, I, I had it myself as a striker. Sometimes you, you're making a run, knowing full well you're thinking, I'm not going to get the ball. I'm not going. But what you're doing is you're making a run to create space for your teammates. And I think that goes unrecognised sometimes. You know, we all know he's a great finisher, wonderful, wonderful finisher. We all know he's a great striker, but sometimes he does a lot of that unselfish running. And, and when he came on last night, you could see the two centre-halves of Arsenal were absolutely petrified of it. Absolutely petrified. And what do you do if you're petrified as a centre-half? You drop off 10 yards. And as soon as you drop off 10 yards, 
Jamie's going to still try to get in behind, but what it does, it creates the space in midfield. And I think that's what it did for uh, for, for Tielemans when he got that space in the centre of the midfield for the goal. A lot of it was down to Jamie because they're dropping off or they're trying to push up and mark someone when they're not in the right position. But he just brings everything to the table. You know, I think it was the right decision for him to give up international football, you know, travelling here, there and everywhere and not getting a game. Um, and Leicester have been the beneficiaries of it, you know. And he's still got, in my opinion, he's still got two or three years left on him, in him. You know, I played for Leicester as a 34-year-old and I was still scoring goals in the Premier League. You don't lose that ability to score goals. If you've got it, you don't lose it. And Jamie, where he didn't play the games as a young... I, I was in the first team as a 17-year-old. By the time I was with the boys in the studio, I was a 34. I was tired. Mm. I was tired. But I don't think Jamie will be like that because he didn't play the bulk of games as a young kid. That's 11 in 12 as well now against Arsenal, Jerry. And one more stat, which I think you'll like even more. Uh, since Brendan Rodgers took charge of Leicester in February 2019, Vardy has scored 39 goals in 51 <clears throat> Premier League games. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah and that, that that's good management. You know, he's, he's tweaked his game, hasn't he, Brendan? And he's come out on, and been on record as saying he's he stopped them running too much yeah. and concentrating it, running at the right times, closing down at the right times. <laughs> uh, and it's helped them. And, and, and Tony's, you know, absolutely spot on. And we've talked we talked about it before the show that we said it, yeah. he's got another two years, he's got this and another two years, no problem. If he stays injury free, he's not going to lose his pace. And when he does lose his pace, <clears throat> the mind will take over. As long as he stays sharp, so over a 10, 15, 20-yard uh, bit of grass, as long as he's sharp upstairs and he can still get off the mark, I, don't, I can't see a How problem. How long has he been? Has he seven or eight years he's been yeah. at Leicester, is mm -hmm. it? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And you look at it. And, from, from his career pathway, from where he's come from, how he's done it is incredible, you know. And... He, he just, he, like you say, he's just a game changer. And you knew, you just sensed that something was going to happen as soon as he came on. He, he, you know, natural finisher that just knows where to be and where to make these runs. But he's had to change his game plan a, a bit. He's been isolated a, a lot, maybe frustrated at times by not, you know, because in, in that uh, that year when we won the title, there was crosses coming in everywhere, you know, from Mares, from uh, uh, Albrighton, cr quick crosses in, and, and they, they had it off to a tee, you know, and then his runs then were incredible. Now he's had to be more patient and think about different kinds of runs to confuse centre-backs, to, to, to be marked by one of them and move from him to the to the next one, you know, and then get into the little uh, pockets behind them. He's, he's, he's clever, very clever, and he's learnt a lot. And he's, it's, a, it's something that's in, in, a, in a good footballer, and he's, he's world-class. He's one of the, the best that, you know, that we've ever had. And you can go back to how many goals Easy. Arthur Rowley or, or Sepsby or all these. <clears throat> you can go as far as in the history of the club and go, right, he's got to be number one at the minute. And um, yeah. it, it's great. Scores in all the big games. That's what that starts for. <clears throat> he scored in Europe. He scored away at Seville, mm -hmm. where he gets an away goal, you know. He doesn't care whether yeah. you're playing against Fleetwood or, or Man United. He, he'll still, you know, that's what I like about top strikers. They they, they want mm. goals. It's a it's a drug for them. You know, they they got to score every week. And you get on a, you know what it's like, Tony, you get on a roll. I've done it myself playing up front for Leicester. I got 18-9 in one season, you know, and I knew I was going to score. You just know it. And you, you've got a feeling and he must get that. And But some of the impulse shots that he plays and some things that he does, you know, lobbing the keepers and that. Liverpool won over the, the 30 yards out on the angle. That, that's just the predator. You know, it, it really is.
Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Jamie Vardy, of course. Um, the team left to play on Monday. Jerry Leeds United had a brilliant win on Friday evening away at Aston Villa. A hat-trick for, for Patrick Bamford mm. again. Comes back to the, I mean, the hat-trick thing again. This The league this season is just remarkable, isn't it? Everybody's beating everybody. You know, you pulled the start. I think well, Sink was producer Sam pulled the start out. It's the first time in the history of the Premier League that everyone's been beaten after six games. Uh, yeah. Something like that. I didn't listen too closely to it, but it's so and and it <laughs> proves it. Yeah, but it just goes to show that it's just crazy. It's this league is crazy. Is right. It is. Yeah. Everyone's beating everybody in Leeds. Bang! Who would have thought that after Villa, who've who've had a good, really good start of the season? Four out of four. Four out of four. I've bought really well. I mean, I think they've bought really well. Villa in the window. Uh, obviously, came here last week, turned us over. Albeit with you know a bit of br a brilliant strike from Barkley, and then you're thinking, "Oh, they've got Leeds at home." And you think you've, you've got to. You've got had, was it Phillips they had out as well? He's got an injury. Calvin Phillips, yeah, 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 for, for so Leeds, I mean, yeah. Against, yeah. But I tell you what, no fair play to Leeds. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they've surprised people. I think a lot of people thought they'd be a bit like a Wolves when Wolves came up from the Championship a few years ago, and everyone was saying Wolves will finish comfortably top ten, and, and so that was proved to be the point. And I think you've got to be looking at Leeds and saying exactly the same. See, I thought Fulham, Leeds and, you know, these three teams might go back down. That's how I've started the, you're mm. looking at it through the season because it's not easy. You know, the, the Burnleys are Sheffield United's, but look at that now. Look at the transformation in seasons. Burnley have got a point, have they? And Sheffield United, you know, it's just unbelievable yeah. at the minute. Anyone can be, beat anyone. Yeah, but it'll be a tough game on Monday evening uh, at Ellen Road. Just like you can uh, with any Leicester match day, you can follow all the action on Match Day Live on LCFC TV. We're also in action, of course, on Thursday uh, for the AEK Athens game. So do make sure you tune in for that one. It's a, five it's to an, six kickoff. It's a five to six kickoff. So we'll be on ninety minutes before that. So. Uh, It'll be a nice little Thursday afternoon viewing for you. Uh, we'll finish with our trivia. Before we do that, we've got mm. to get the answer to the who's the fox that isn't Kelechi and Acho Walshy. I know that's who you're trying to I haven't said him. I haven't said him. We've had a, a number of guesses in on Twitter and on Facebook. Well done on Twitter to uh, Sam and to Lee. Well, who did uh, who they they said the player that it is correctly. You're not going to trip me like <laughs> no. that, Jerry. Uh, on Facebook, there are lots of incorrect guesses, actually. Uh, it is quite a difficult one, probably the most difficult one that we've had yeah. so far. Have you got any idea, either of the three of you? No. No. I'm going Mares. No, it's not him. No. Gazelle. Just looking at the hair. Uh, yeah. Just looking at the hair. I'm looking at the Gen legs. Just see, it looks a bit like... Who are they playing against? Who are they playing, Who are they playing against? Who are they playing against? They're playing against Hull. Oh. Ooh. Oh, I'll go here next show. Nope. Uh, let's put it up then. Uh, it was a very tough one this week, but it's uh, it's Christian Fuchs. Oh, Christian Fuchs wow. scoring against Hull City. Well, the hair looked a bit different, yeah. didn't it, from On the silhouette? Fourth of yeah. March, 2017, in the 3-1 win uh, at King Power Stadium against Hull. So very well done to those of you that got that one right, because that was a very difficult one. Right, let's finish with the trivia for the evening. Tony Cotty is currently one 0 up. Steve Walsh is defending his crown. Uh, from last week. Jerry Taggart, it's your turn to go first. Okay, hit me with it. Name one Leicester player that played in that win against Arsenal in 1973. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> you are kidding me. Think about it. Uh, one Leicester player that played in the win the last time Leicester won 
away at Arsenal in 1973. I'm uh, on the Pete, board. Whitworth, uh, Peter right. Shilton was in goal as well. Jerry is One indeed out of the 70s, on that. the board. Uh, well done, Jerry. Uh, Tony, your, <laughs> your next question is, Jamie Vardy has a staggering 11 goals in 12 against Arsenal, as we've been talking about. What year did his first one against the Gunners come in? 2013. <laughs> Chance to steal for Wall Street. 2015. Well done, Walsh. Well done, Walshie. Well done, that was a good steal. Um, yep. Your next question, Walshy, then, is... Speaking of games away at Arsenal and, and not getting wins there, all three of you were in action against Arsenal at Highbury on the 7th of August, 1999. Tony Cotty scored to give Leicester the lead before Dennis Bergkamp equalised. Arsenal then scored in the very last minute. It looked as if you were heading for a draw, but Arsenal scored in the last minute. Who scored for mm. Arsenal? I'll go Thierry Henry. Frank Sinclair. Oh, Zinko. Yeah, nice. I was stretching Little off, I think. question I, I, for you. Well done, yeah. Jerry. I was stretching yeah. off yeah. just yeah. before. 15 That's minutes. why I didn't see it. 15 minutes. <laughs> you were in hospital yeah. somewhere, was obviously. a bad way, yeah. Yeah, uh, well done, Jerry. Good steal from you there. Tony, Woo! you look... Oh, oh, well done, Jerry. Uh, I'm in the lead. Jerry is in the lead with two points. There's a question each, though, still to go. Oh, is that? Oh, right. uh, Tony, your turn to go first. So your last one is uh, all related to the game, or the other games that took place at the weekend. Who scored from the spot for Sheffield United at Anfield? Um, Lundstrom, was it? Walshie. No, that's not his name. <laughs> How do you spell it? What? Berg, Berg. 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 Oh, come on, Berg. Berg or Berg. He, he knew who it was. Well Poor done, Walshie. Walshie gets <laughs> on the score sheet. I'm back in this. Steals Tony's answer there. Uh, Tony needs a miracle. He needs two steals from here if he wants to win. Walshie and Jerry are 2-2 heading into the last two questions. Uh, Walshie, your turn next. Um, your last question is, Phil Foden scored against West Ham after coming off the bench uh, at half-time. He replaced an injured player. Which oh, Man City player did he replace? No. Oh, I don't, I've not seen that. So you know that Tony Cotty will definitely oh, know this one. Oh, no. I've been watching the West Ham game, of course. Do you know it then, Tom? We'll have to be quick oh, while we run out know. of time. I don't know who it was. I have no idea. I couldn't even guess it. You know. Jerry. What? You know. You've got a chance to steal it. Oh, who came on, who did Phil Foden it. come on for? I haven't. I'm oh, going, but I'm going to have a guess at. Uh, I I'm going to have a guess at uh, De Bruyne. Tony. Uh, uh, I, I don't know, Morris. Mm. No, it was Sergio Aguero. Oh. Jerry Taggart, get this right. You win the quiz no tonight. No way. Come on, give, give it to Who's called? Easy question. Who scored Wolves' opener against Newcastle? Yesterday? Oh, easy. Oh, Easy. Well done. How does he get a question like that? 
Raul Jimenez. Jimenez. Uh, Jimenez. Jimenez. Oh, he's got it wrong. And with that, Tony Cotty has oh, left the building. Question. Jerry How Taggart wins the that? quiz. Simple Who's as that. These? Jerry Taggart wins the quiz. Well done, Jerry. It's all about which pot you get. Yeah. And Jerry got it there, so well yeah, done, you're right. Jerry Taggart. Yeah, can't complain. Uh, unfortunately, the crown goes from Steve Walsh to Jerry Taggart. Uh, oh, no win uh, in two weeks now for, for Tony Cotty, but thank you very much. For coming on, Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry Taggart celebrating that more than he did Jamie Vardy's winner at the Emirates last night for Leicester City. Uh, We are at seven o'clock now, so thank you very much uh, for for watching along. Extra time this evening. Cheers, TC. We'll be back on Thursday for the AEK Athens game, so do tune in for that on Match Day Live.